Hello, hello, and welcome to Nintendo's, the Nintendo podcast where we talk about some Nintendo news, what we've been playing in the Nintendo world, and of course, a classic Nintendo gem, thus the name Nintendo's. This week, I have with me again a special guest, my brother Connor. Hello, over there. Hello, Brayden and viewers. How y'all doing out there? This is Brayden. Jake is quite busy. He's back to school. Connor and I are both out of school, um, and so we Ooh. we have we send him our best wishes on surviving um, his sophomore year. He will be back ASAP with his wonderful gaming knowledge. We Can't miss you, wait. Jake. We miss you, Jake. Come, oh, come home. Cute. But Connor's here to fill in for Jake this week, and we have a great show for you Big guys. Big shoes. Big shoes to fill. That's right. We've got a super show, a, a Super Mario Brothers super show for you. Wee! To kick off the show, as usual, should we jump right into the news? We should. It sounds like you might want to get us started here, Connor. Yeah, totally. Um, so the Tokyo Game Show just happened earlier this week, uh, which is basically Japan's, in a very loose nutshell, it's basically Japan's take on E3. Like E3 is more about the American side of the, the Western side of the industry, and Tokyo Game Show is obviously the Japanese side, so a lot of the bigger Japanese Game publishing companies uh, get together, have conferences, show off what they're working on. And there are a few Switch highlights coming from over there. On the Square side, they showed Dragon Quest XI, the new version that's coming out soon. Um, some right. info on Dragon Quest X Online, which is still going on. It like started on the Wii U, but it's still going on on the Switch, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, They're bringing some like kind of cult classic rpgs as far as like popular rpgs go but like romancing saga 3 uh a star ocean game and trials of mana which i think we've talked about on here before as well yeah it was talked about on the on the uh, nintendo direct last time too it's like a full-fledged remake of a japanese super nintendo game most importantly to us they finally gave a release date and more information on the final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered version which is coming out for several devices Notably mobile, which is not necessarily what we're t- here to talk about, but it's coming out on Switch. Yeah. This is it's mobile. I guess I didn't yeah. catch that bit. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's like weird cult classic on the GameCube. It's like not a real Final Fantasy game instead of turn-based. It's like an action RPG, so it's all in like all the combat is in real time and it on the GameCube, it had four-player co-op where you would use the Game Boy Advance and connect it to the GameCube to. What are like, those called? Just like Game Boy map? Advance adapters? Y- yeah, like link, not link cables. I guess I don't know. But they would they would go into a controller slot and then hook into the top of your Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Advance SP mm-hmm. with little brackets using the link cable slot, and then yeah, you would control your character with the Game Boys. Right, and you'd use, like, on the Game Boy Advance screen would have, like, a map or something or just, like, extra information that you could see while uh, all of your characters are, like, running around on, like, the TV screen, which was super cool for the time. Like, a crazy cool idea. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's, it, I guess it's, 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 like, a weirdly, for how, like, obtuse it was to play multiplayer, it's, like, very fondly remembered by most people, and it's getting, obviously, it's getting a re-release on Switch in January, which I'm... So excited about super nostalgic game for me yes. and, and we played aware you as so a, much as well. of that. What does remaster mean these days? Because they're calling this <sighs> a Crystal Chronicles remaster, and sure, it's being 
upgraded. Like, they obviously had to make adjustments to the very basic coding to remaster this for the Switch and other consoles. But the graphics, like, are basically what I remember from the GameCube. Uh, maybe they're a little bit better. They're the I, almost the exact I, same. I, I would like to see a side-by-side. But right. what does remaster mean I find these that... days? You kind of mentioned that with uh, Trials of Mana. Right. Well, there's... I don't want to get, like, too, like, n- like uh, nitpicky and splitting hairs with it. But, I mean, like, there's, like, remakes and there's remasters. Like, the Trials of Mana, like, it was a Super Nintendo game. It was, like, a 2D game on the Super Nintendo, like, uh, like, from, like, 20 years ago. And it's being remade in full 3D with, like, voice acting and, like, revamped combat. And, like, like right. that's a remake. And, like, the Final Fantasy VII remake that's coming uh-huh. out in God knows when. But I think a remaster is just kind of using the same assets, not like not remaking character models or like textures or anything, but like just kind of not even textures. Giving... Like that's basically like, exactly a better what res... I imagine remastering being. But like better resolution. Like I mean, like yeah. Am I making I sense? You. And I feel and like they're it. like they're adding yeah, like no, different changes, like the. Like they're adding like the character the frame voices. rate will probably be better. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, hopefully it'll be 60. You know, it's it's like a it's a difference between like building a new game from the ground up and like just kind of it's it's a weird gradient from like beginning stage being port to remaster to remake. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. It's like a gradient kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's a fair. fair way to put it. We can move on. I didn't mean to didn't mean to grill you there, but uh <laughs> What else from the the Tokyo Game Show? That is what it's called, right? Correct. Uh, Yeah, like TGS for short. There was, there were articles, there were not even just rumors, but articles that Capcom had some big announcement to make at Tokyo Game Show related to the Switch, like some big Switch title dropping. I don't think I heard anything about that, like, like following up. Um, And I'm, and I think the conference is over. So was it more for third party? Like, did Nintendo have a booth or anything? No, um, it's all like third party developers. Nintendo, I guess their main thing is the direct, like around E3 time is like when they do all their things. Like Sega had like Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games 2020. Um, like there were some Switch titles that we already know are coming out, but no like surprises, I guess. Gotcha. Japan, we love them. Little weirdos over there, but we love them. <laughs> Thanks for giving us great games. Any other news from your end of the notes section? Yeah, we can keep going with the Japanese motif. Dragon Quest 1 through 3 have just recently been... See, this is... I would say these are remasters. They've been ported... They've been brought to the Nintendo Switch eShop as downloadable titles, which is great. It's great that people can play these really, really classic foundational Japanese RPGs like video games from two, three decades ago, you know. However, mm-hmm. they muddled up the visuals a little bit. Huh. They do this thing. Okay. This is. We're, I don't want to bring the conversation back. The maps, like the maps, like the yeah, the land is in sixteen bit. Yeah, the overworld, and then the character sprites, the character graphics, are like in like this hand drawn kind of thing. And in the in like the battle screen where it shows like the monster, it's also like hand drawn. It looks ugly, which is sad because mm-hmm. it. I mean, it, they deserve better. Like people should play these yeah. games. 
before they die. Um, but I don't. It's hard to Those say it would games... be the most optimal way. We had Dragon Warrior two and three. I think it was like a little collection for the Game Boy Color back in the day. Yeah, I learned so mm. much about RPGs from that Game Boy Color game. Yeah, it was really fundamental to my understanding. When I mean, I had that game when I was probably five or six, mm-hmm. and I never. Oh, I don't think I ever got like another party member or anything like that. I don't know. Right. I never yeah. got very far. As but. It taught the me, way you, you play know, when you're turn-based combat, right? Um, totally. So, really interesting. I I think I I would be interested in picking them up. It's I'll have to see if I can tolerate those graphics you're talking about, though. Yeah, I mean, like they like on the on the Nintendo on the Switch eShop, they have like the screenshots and stuff of the game, and it it's just it, it looks just wonky. Hmm. It's it's weird. I don't know. Check it out if you like. It probably doesn't deserve this much conversation, but what's next? <laughs> Good contributions, Connor. I we appreciate that very much. Thanks, Pop. Um, because I did not pay attention to the Tokyo Game Show. It's all good. That's why I'm here to be the resident weeb of the the show. Especially when Jake's out. Jake <laughs> probably would have like been a little bit more keen to it than yeah, I would. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, thank you. But continuing on with the news, a reminder: Link's Awakening and the Switch Lite both drop this Friday. That would be Friday the 20th of September. It's going to be a big day. Yeah. If you have not picked up a Switch yet, a Switch Lite is a great excuse to do it. We um I work at Target actually in the electronics department <laughs> and we had our first shipment the other day and they are so cool. Ooh. The boxes are very tiny, which actually like made them look appealing to me and the yellow one stood out i don't know i like the color schemes yeah i think they're really cool does it come with a pack-in game of any kind no it was purely just the systems okay and just a reminder that they are not dockable they are portable only uh not even the joy con are removable they're just Mm. built into the controller or pardon me built into the the console but i play my switch portably probably 95% of the time so i am very much in the target audience so consider it if if you think that's something right if it's the kind of switch for you yeah i think it's super cool like it's a great idea that they're doing i play mine plenty probably more on console like on the tv than portably so I'm, it's not necessarily for me but i think it's a great idea for people that prioritize portability over other things yeah absolutely Another game that came out recently, it came out on the 13th, Friday the 13th, might I add, is Ellen, a game by Redmount Media. It's a little indie game. Right now, it's on sale. It's 10% off. Uh, It's like $7.10 or something like that. But I've been looking forward to this game. It's been on... It was released on Steam earlier, gosh, I think it might have been 2018, but they just released it on all consoles, and it's a horror, it's a pixel horror game. The The graphics remind me a whole lot of Super Brothers, like Sword and Sorcery, mm. if, you, if you've ever played like that kind of gorgeous pixel art, you know, very detailed, but at the same time, still just little pixels, which is amazing that people <laughs> can, can do that. Mm. and similar it's it gives me kind of escape room vibes i've only just started it and so i want to i want to finish it before i give a a detailed review but i might i might cover it once we hit october get into that spoopy spoopy review season but yeah so beyond games that are just coming out soon or recently released our next piece of news comes from actually the tokyo game show again um and this is just a quote from sakurai the developer of super smash bros ultimate it's very sweet and i'm gonna read it and we can discuss it the quote is 
as follows. I'm sorry for bringing up this personal story at a time like this, but making Smash Bros on the Switch was the last mission the late Satoru Iwata gave to me. I've put my all into the game, and with more DLC, I will continue to work hard. And all the headlines have really kind of like mm. latched onto the last mission that Iwata gave to him, and that he, you know, <laughs> obviously really took that to heart. I mean, this game is a masterpiece in so many ways, and so I think it's cool that uh, yeah. he shared that piece of insight, you know, between the two. And for those not in the know, Iwata was a creator of so many characters. He's one of the most prolific programmers, designers, developers at Nintendo and was the president of Nintendo in Japan at the time of his death. Yeah, and he died was it in twenty eighteen? Oh no, it was it was like twenty fifteen, I believe. Oh gosh. It was okay. a little bit ago, but it was I just Nintendo Directs were also his idea. So he was very engaged with like the fan community and stuff. So for him to with all like his prolificness, prolificity, perhaps, and all the weight he has in Nintendo and in the industry, that's a lot. That's a big burden to place on Sakurai's shoulders, but I think he, sure. I think he did him good. Yeah, absolutely. And as he says, with the DLC, and he's continuing to work hard. Like he's he's really doing doing right. Yeah, to think Nintendo but, would be like the home of like pretty much video games' biggest crossover is pretty pretty insane. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. I just thought that was a cute little story. But uh, moving on from that, we have a mm. whole lot of Pokemon news. Actually, it just seems like. Uh, well, Ooh. obviously, as we're getting closer to Sword and Shield, they're just going to keep on getting us hype and hype and hype. But first, they added the Unova region Pokemon to Pokemon Go. I have not caught any yet. I haven't even really turned on Pokemon Go. It's It's been a week or two. I do play it semi-regularly, but uh, I have not encountered any Unova Pokemon. For those of you out there that are still playing Pokemon Go, there is help for you. People love oh, you. Oh, no. And they're... <laughs> <laughs> i i missed it though did, did they add what the hoenn and the Sinnoh regions at some point or the third and fourth generations right i i get them confused now right no man me too but they've at oh yeah they are several generations deep okay i kind of wonder if they're not jumping around a little bit but mm-hmm. i i am very ill-informed on pokemon go and if you're listening please do inform us we will be glad to take your education yeah so adding a whole you know region of pokemon to pokemon go is obviously pretty pretty big news but i do think sword and shield is still kind of oh yeah what everyone's looking for right now uh and a big piece of information they dropped is the fact that there's going to be no elite four in pokemon Mm -hmm. sword and shield for the first time they are going to be implementing a tournament-style finale where you have to battle your way to the champion, and then you have your shot at, you know, becoming the, the Pokemon champion. And you will still have to collect all eight badges along the way to qualify for this tournament, but I think it's interesting that they're they're yeah. doing away with the, the Elite Four. It's a mechanic that's been around for... That's... I think over 20 years now. So for Sun and Moon, they got rid of the gym leaders, right? Wasn't that different? They had a sort of a leader of the island system. I would still almost call them gym leaders. (laughs) They I think they were called the Kahunas, if Mm. I'm not mistaken. Regardless, I mean, like, I think them shaking up the typical structure and formula for Pokemon is like a, a net positive. I think that's always been people's biggest criticism for the series is just like how much it 
relies on its own tropes and uh, patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they don't have mm-hmm. gems exactly. They have trials, which uh, each island has their own trial, and so that's kind of the system that they, they replaced the traditional sure. gem, gem leaders with uh, in Sun and Moon. So, yeah, it's like you're saying. They, they've they been tweaking it, and I, I think it'll be fun to see what they can do with it. And I've seen a lot of discussion is just, even just names of the people battling in this tournament. It's a great opportunity for them to like drop in little easter eggs just little character cameos maybe from the anime maybe Mm -hmm. from past pokemon games just flashing their names up on yeah there's a lot of potential there for sure pretty neat uh i would hope they would take it in a fun Mm -hmm. cool direction but i'm not so sure just the way pokemon kind of handles its own stuff recently i don't know i don't want to be too negative about it i am excited for sword and shield it's true. Well, and a lot of the Pokemon finales get a little right. over over dramatic. I don't know, drawn out. I, I hope the tournament's cool though. I hope it's fun. I've always I'm thinking of oh. Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Right? I don't know. Whatever. All right. Cool. <laughs> I don't want to go there. That's fun. They also announced a new Pokemon Surfetched, which I think is just a Galarian form of Correct. Farfetched, but they are changing his name, which is oh, a little I think it's a... unusual to. It's a Galarian evolution, I believe. Like Farfetch'd, or is it a whole it's new? Farfetch'd Pokemon? evolves into Surfetch'd. In, is that uh, right? Galarian. It's kind of like I think it was the Zigzagoon evolution is only one of those. Yeah. In the Galar region, I forget, but yeah, I believe it's just an evolution of Farfetch that's only available in the region. I love the design. I think it's cool as crap. His sword and shield, like, it's super cool. The whole, like, European-centric design philosophy they have with, like, all the Pokemon, like, the tea, the teapot ghosts and, like, all, like, the sword and shield and, like, kind of knight motifs and, uh, like, the smokestack coughing are... I, I love... It's a little... I'm not sure if it's, like, offensive to run with, like, the stereotypes like that, but I think it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. my Yeah, for those... You can ask Hannah. <laughs> ...uninformed, my wife is English, but I think she'll think a lot of it's pretty cool and, like, enjoy the spotlight on her on her home country. I did just confirm your information that Surfetched is a evolution of Farfetched. Um, it is true. He, uh, he is an evolution, and so that's... That's fun. People have been looking mm. for an evolution for him for a long time, too. So glad he's finally landing one. Yeah, it's true. He's one of like the only Generation 1 Pokemon that I think still doesn't have like some kind of added evolution nowadays. Anywho, what's next? A strange bit of Nintendo news, and I'm very curious about your opinion on this. Uh, we have <sighs> a new piece of technology called the Rincon coming to the Switch. It comes with a game called Ring Fit Adventure, and... We can we can go into it a little bit further, but short and sweet, it gives me Wii Fit vibes. Totally, I think that's. I mean, Ring Fit Adventure. I think that I think that's what it's trying yeah, to go so for. Yeah. So what it is is it's a round. I don't know. It's it's wider than a basketball. If if what I'm seeing is correct, I it's, I call it a hula hoop. When I when I first saw it, I thought it was something that you like put around your waist. I would have a hard time getting it around my waist, you know what I mean, as a hula. But you're <laughs> but you are correct. It's like almost that big, and like it is very it is circular. It is a ring, mm. and one of your Joy-Con goes into a holster 
on that ring, and another Joy-Con goes into a leg band that is then strapped to your thigh. And I'm just, I'm, this is so weird. <laughs> it's goofy. This is, oh yeah, this is like weirder than Nintendo Labo. And I don't know a, if it's like quite as innovative as Wii Fit was. Like, it kind of seems like a weird attempt to grab that again. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people did buy the Wii for Wii Fit. Like, they use that as a workout regimen. Right. And so, like, they're trying to grab that audience again with, with Ring Fit Adventure. Right. With this weird circle you're going to be holding in your hands. And, like, it look, it's rubbery. And so you're going to be, like, bouncing it back and forth in your hands. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like bendy. You like squeeze it kind of sometimes. It's this weird disconnect for this one, I feel like, because Wii Fit was like, Wii Fit. Like it was like, yeah, this is kind of a game, but it's mostly for like fitness reasons. Like it came with the balance board, mm-hmm. which was like a controller, but it was obvious like what it did. Like this looks like it's stuck between trying to be like a fitness centric thing and like an actual video game because it's like it's ring fit adventure like it's like an adventure game like it like has a story yeah well and all the attacks are different exercises so like you can either use your arms leg core or something else to use different they're basically different elements and so the enemies like are weak to leg workouts (laughs) or they're (laughs) they're weak to push-ups yes same that's a good point aren't we all Um, so they're, they're trying to make a game out of it. And as you level up, you get new workouts, new quote unquote attacks. And so I, I don't know. I don't think I'm very interested in this. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I'll watch it. I, I didn't fall into, I was curious about Labo and I was curious. I don't think it was for me either, but I was curious to see if other people liked it just because this was such an interesting idea. And I liked the idea. It's kind of the same for this one. I think it, I think it's super goofy and I think it's almost a little misguided in some aspects, but I am definitely curious to see and kind of hoping and expecting that it might be good because it's like Nintendo developed and published. Maybe they'll have some cool things mm-hmm. to do with the technology with the ring. Yeah, itself, I don't know. And this leg band beyond just this, this fitness game. It's also worth noting. I think they presented this, they announced this kind of, under the radar after e3 right just recently which is just kind of interesting Uh, to wonder why they might have been laughed at there that when all eyes were on the video game industry they may have been laughed at if they'd unveiled that during the direct you know during e3 well i mean in e3's past they're kind of used to that kind of thing it wouldn't i feel like it would have been unsurprising for nintendo but i guess it was a, a smart move overall yeah, we'll keep our eyes out for more Ring Con, we'll Ring Fit Adventure news, uh, and see if see if we get get persuaded Ring along Con. the way. See. Well, last on my news list uh, is just kind of a rumor. Just I don't know. Don't take it too seriously because companies file patents all the time. But just recently here, Nintendo filed a patent for a Joy-Con that bends at the mm. thumb, basically where your thumb rests there at the top of the Joy-Con. There's a joint that just kind of that kind of folds forward. The, I don't know, just speculation on what kind of controller they could be coming up with next. I love that idea because playing, I mean, you probably more so than me because you play portable so much, but like the Joy-Con, like the way the Switch is, like the Joy-Con are so flat that my 
fingers do kind of get like cramped up if I play it for too long. Especially Smash, like you just know? such rapid small movements. Uh, my so, my like, hands do think, get cramped. Oh yeah, um, and I use like a wired controller when I play on on the TV, so it's a lot more comfortable. But I I would be curious to see how it how it, if it curves if it bends it will fit on the side yeah. of a switch. Ooh, that's a good thought. You know, because they just kind of slide on straight. But I I am definitely excited sure. and, if it's a real and thing. And like I said. Don't get too, too excited because companies do put in for patents all the time for just things they're even toying with the idea of just so other companies don't steal them. Right. So, you know, we may never see those on the shelves ever, but still interesting nonetheless. You know, Microsoft That's is on, a... the, on the cutting edge. Microsoft was about to release their own line of bending Joy-Cons yeah. for Xbox One, the Xbox Two. Xbox Con. Yeah. But moving on, so that's all I have for the news. Do you have anything else to share with us, Connor? That's pretty much all she wrote on my end. Good deal. Well, we will now move into our segment where we discuss recent games, kind of what we've been playing. And Connor, you were here last week when we discussed Astral Chain. Um, have you been playing that anymore? Yes, I've played a few more chapters. Um, I'm still, I, I'm so sorry, viewers, listeners, <laughs> uh, readers like you, I haven't beaten it. I feel like I'm still a ways from beating it. Uh, I just haven't had too much time. And there's, here's, here's a weird anecdote, just like about games like this, because it, it this is, this is another weird parallel that it has like with the wonderful 101, the other platinum developed game that i think it's very much like the game is because it's the game is like chapter based and like a segment of story begins and ends clearly in like a chapter it's hard to like pick up and play it's hard to be like all right i have like an hour right now i'm gonna dedicate it exactly this hour and like find a finish a starting and stopping point and like pick it up and put it down and especially with the way the game is structured like each chapter is like like the meat, the 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 part that you want to play, the the game, all the game is great, but the part that you want to play is like the meaty, visceral, sure. uh-huh. super fun combat, right? But that's but you don't really get to that until like over halfway in a chapter because you start with like the police investigation right. stuff and like exploration, which is also fine, but it's just like it's hard to like you know it's hard to mo it's it's like <laughs> I get this weird like <laughs> depression. It's like. Uh, I don't know if I feel like yeah. playing it. I don't want to play through that part. I don't know. It, it it keeps getting better. I'm excited to see where it goes. I love the combat. It's so good. The story's getting more interesting. Like having a large variety of things to do and like so like deep combat right. systems is like platinum games like specialty. So the combat, I mean like each chapter so far I'm like unlocking a new kind of legion which are like the different uh weapons. Uh, so I just got one that I have like a sword one, one that is like arrows for like ranged attacks and one, mm-hmm. I just got one that's like arms so that you can like, just like punch enemies and like, you can put it on as like a, this Legion on as like a suit of armor and like yeah, wear it and like cool. float around with it, which is super cool. And it's also like, it's, it's so, it's so cool and so satisfying. And it's also getting deeper, like each Legion has like its own like skill tree so you like can upgrade their abilities and like unlock new attacks and moves and abilities and stuff for them like it's super deep but that's almost like it's just like you have to (laughs) i have to like get in a mindset to play it you know it's almost like 
it's like playing like a like a real time strategy game. Like it's that that kind of like depth and like amount of brain power, splitting hairs kind of as like okay, I need to like or min maxing. That's the term I'm looking for. Like it's like okay, I need to like spend my points on this ability and like upgrade these skills for this particular legion because I'll probably use him for the next mi- the next mission. So you need to like there's like this pattern of upgrading your all of your things and like assigning your skills before a mission going on the mission and doing like the whole police investigation part which is cool but slow paced and then you get to yeah. the combat that's like the the best part that makes sense so uh yeah 10 out of 10 definitely pick it up super great you got to schedule it into your day the the highs are super high i mean it's there's no there's been no lows for me it's just like a matter of like the kind of game that it is and like sure investing in it correctly well that's cool well we can revisit that but yeah i'm excited to see where it goes uh i'll probably yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say when uh whenever you finish it we'll we'll definitely revisit it and uh see what the the overall lasting impression will be with you so i'm always playing super smash bros ultimate online like we mentioned in the last episode all those me costumes came out and i love love the goemon series and so I've been playing as the me sword fighter with the Goemon costume, and I'm trying to get him to elite smash, to like elite status. And I'm have really you ever close. played as a me before? I mean, I'm sure you've played as him, but not really, not not like dedicated. But I, he's really fun. It's fun to play as Goemon in Smash. I don't know. It's Are a you weird convincing thing. Convincing representation. Oh yeah, totally. It's pretty great. Yeah. So I'm always playing Super Smash Bros. Online, just like whenever I have a free time, like a free few minutes. But what <laughs> the main uh, the main popcorn game I've kind of been like snacking on this past uh, week or two has been Wario's <laughs> Woods on the, uh, the little collection yeah. of NES games that you have with Nintendo Switch Online. Wario's Woods, it's one of my favorite puzzle games. I'll say it. And, and how much time have you I'll, sunk I'll into say that it. versus Sue Astral me. Chain? Probably more. <laughs> well probably more including the amount of times that i like would like create like a suspend point or like rewind the game to fix a mistake probably like at least like 50 percent more but it's really good it's super unique it's for for one thing interesting fact it is the last nintendo licensed nes game to be released period super late game i think it was I think it was like early '90s. I think I think it was like '93. Even I I need I should double check on that release date. Um, but yeah, one of the last officially licensed NES game. It has a Super Nintendo port, but it's the gameplay is really unique because it's your it's your typical falling block puzzle game, but you you don't control the blocks. You don't like choose where the blocks go directly. You play mm-hmm. as Toad, who like runs around on the blocks, and you have to like pick mm-hmm. up and place the different blocks which are actually like little colored monsters and bombs and you have to like line up different the particular colors of like monsters to get rid of them and put a bomb on them of the same color and it clears the line it's it's just really cute and endearing and like unique and fun and i love it and it's got a really good single player mode with like boss fights which is weird but i don't know it's it's been my com- it's been my comfort food game. How how do the boss fights play? The boss itself is like a bigger monster that just like takes up space in like 
the play field, I guess, and it'll like move around and you have to just create like a line of bombs or like uh-huh. a matching colored line like against so... it to cause damage to it. It's it's weird. It's funny. I don't know. It's just it's just so unique. I love it. And I mean, especially if you just like have the NES library uh, with Switch Online already, you no no reason not to give it a shot. So that's pretty much all I've been playing for the past week, two weeks since the last uh, recording of the episode. Um, been keeping busy, uh, and I hope to specifically get more Astral Chain in when I can. But I'm probably gonna be playing more Zelda yeah. in the time being. Bring all Link's Awakening. I'm very excited. But I've been playing a few games myself, which oh, yeah. I will jump into, if you don't mind. Um, I would like to add on to your, mm-hmm. your Super Smash Bros. segment. I've been playing a little bit. For sure. And um, I've been playing as Sans myself. I got the Megalovania soundtrack. And that's kind of what I want to... That's what I want to gush about right now. <laughs> so, like, I do understand that I'm old and I'm behind on the times and Undertale has been out for, like, a year now. And, like... Therefore, Sans' theme, Megalovania, it's not, like, cool anymore. I know it's a meme and, like, everybody knew about it. But, dude, the the Super Smash Bros. (laughs) Ultimate Remix of Megalovania is so good. It's beautiful. Yes, it's super hype. It gives me, like, Dragon Force vibes. Like, do you remember Guitar Hero 3, like, Through the Fire and the Flames? Like, it shreds. Like, the band Dragon uh, Force. I don't know, the the shredding (laughs) guitar mixed with, like, the video game noises kind of um and there's like this transitional part that's towards the end of the song where everything but the violins i think you'd call them cut out and they're playing like a slightly modified version of that and like it gives me goosebumps and then it rips into the guitar solo and it's awesome i mean it's no surprise that it's because it was composed by toby fox like the i think toby fox is the composer yeah oh yes yes he is do you know him from other okay. games? He kind of. He has some other projects, not completely game related. If you've heard of Homestuck, which is like kind of like a underground internet phenomenon, but uh, nothing gotcha. you need to get too deep into. But yeah, and and Toby Fox is the primary composer for Little Town Hero, which yeah, oh, as right. as Jake was mentioning last week, I gave a I know I gave Undertale kind of like a thumbs down, but the music is like nothing to scoff at, you know. Seventy five cents for the Sands costume is cool, but just for the song to fight to is enough. Like yeah, seventy five cents for this track on Super Smash Bros. Worth it for sure. I big big thumbs up. Agree. The other game that I actually wrapped up this week was The World Ends With You Final Remix. Jake and I talked about that a couple weeks ago as well. Were You You weren't there for that one. Uh, no, I was not. Yeah, uh, we covered it a mm-hmm. little bit a few weeks ago, and I kind of wrapped it into the gym as well. But I've pretty much beaten it at this point, so if you haven't gotten it by now, I just want to let you know I might be going into some spoiler territory. Definitely still get it, because it's a phenomenal game. But just fair warning, uh, are you ready for me to like rant about this game for a little bit? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I guess. Well, I don't have a choice. Okay, yes, I am you your are prisoner. a prisoner. The game was just as good as I remembered. And by the end, my finger felt like almost as good as the stylus. I was complaining about that. Uh, I couldn't really manage to get the Joy-Con controls to work with me how I wanted, so I played the game like 90, 99% of the game on the touchscreen, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It feels... it. 
feels a whole lot like the DS. The music is very... that's how it was supposed to be made, like, played too, right? Oh, yeah, very much so. It's, uh, because it was ported to the mobile devices, as we discussed. It's it's very much touch-based, so the Joy-Con controls, I don't know, they, they felt a little tacked on to me. But the music, which is a super highlight of the game, I've fully experienced it this time around. This final remix version, as the name might suggest, has a bunch of remixes to a lot of the tracks. There are now 92 full-length tracks in the games. They're all remastered, uh, which the graphics were remastered as well. And the the new additions to the game in this final remix, besides the, the music, there were some new pins, which are the game's weapon attack system. Uh, and by pins, I mean like basically pins that you put on your shirt. But there are some new pins. Um, there are a few new enemies and battle conditions, which make the battles and encounters more difficult. But the most important addition is a new chapter called A New Day. This this new chapter, it expands upon the main story they were telling, which I'm super excited the fact that they did. The post-game content does a really good job of clearing up any questions you have about the world that they set up, the afterlife, like this game that they've set up for the afterlife. But this this new chapter, this new day, it it opens up a whole new set of questions, which is kind of annoying because because like I said, the post post game content, like I don't know, it's amazing how how willing they were to flesh out this this afterlife system that they they came up with. They could have left it alone and just had questions, but it sounds cool. I mean, I I definitely want to like play it and give it a shot someday for sure. It sounds, I mean, everything that you've always said about it, and I've just always heard good things. Like people want Neku in for yes. Super Smash Bros. He, it would be interesting. I don't know. He he's not exactly a he's not a super awesome character. He he is great in the cast of characters that make up the game. If that makes sense, um, he's a great addition. Like I I just don't know if he's like quite iconic enough mm-hmm. yet, but. <clears throat> They did. They so heavily hinted at a sequel, sure. which I need. I would love. I, I I actually googled the world ends with you sequel, and the first article was on Nintendo's website. And this article, it's actually developer notes from like the creative producer, the director, and the music composer of this final remix game, right? Uh, which yes. And so <laughs> the creative director said that. This final remix will be his last attempt at, like, working his way towards a sequel. I have no idea how well the game sold, this final remix. I really, really hope wow. that what he saw from the reception of this final remix game will be enough to drive a sequel. Because, like I said, they, they opened up so many... They killed a, they killed a mm-hmm. main character in this new chapter that they added in final remix. They killed a main character. And, like, introduced this brand new character in Visions that Neku had. And so, like, we need a sequel, you know? We need a sequel. That's that's all there is to it. Sure. It'll give me more reason to play the first. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. I I can't believe it's... I mean, it's been, like, what? Ten... At least ten years since it originally released? It was eleven years when Final Remix first dropped. It's twelve years now. Final Remix has been out for about a year. But, yeah, you're right. Wow. That's crazy. So... If, if what I've talked about interests you at all, please go pick it up so that a sequel might happen. <laughs> um, I have a theory. I don't know. There's there's like this ending art piece when the chapter closes of this girl who kind of has like 
She's wearing, like, pieces of clothing from each character and, like, represents some sort of amalgamation, it seems like, of all the main characters from the first game. But we have no idea who she is. So, fingers crossed that cliffhanger will will be bridged one day. Do we want do you want to do like a rating system if you have to get it give it like a rating or like a final like recommendation what would what would you oh. say to those that are interested? Cuz I mean it's I mean it's hard to describe. To call it just a JRPG is doing it a disservice, it, right? Yeah, that would be a disservice. It it is incredibly story driven with the combat almost being supplementary but also being just as fulfilling as the rest of the game. It's it's just so it it's in a category mm-hmm. of its own and this final remix does feel like a awesomely complete version of it's everything I could have asked for from the DS version plus more that I just mm-hmm. I didn't know I wanted. That's kind of been my my week in gaming. Anything else on your end? I just I mean I over here. I just stumbled upon the list of Nintendo just made a post on Facebook. Uh they said we now have 60 classic games across the uh NES and the Super Nintendo libraries on the Switch Online service, and I was looking at the list, and I forgot to mention a couple that I have like tooled oh, yeah? around with a little bit in the last little bit. Yeah, with the so with the Super Nintendo ones, they're all Super Nintendo games. They're all there's a few weird additions. They're all classics, but they're all games that came out in America in the U.S. on the Super Nintendo, which is known as the Super Famicom in Japan. But there is one super famicom game on the list and it's puyo puyo 2 as i'm not as much of like a puzzle game freak as like this episode's probably making me out to be but like puyo puyo is is my favorite puzzle game i love it so much and two is like the best one and it's weird it's just odd that they put it on there to me because because it is very popular but the game is completely in japanese like you can't there's no english in there and it's just interesting that nintendo would do that kind of thing globally they don't warn you at all either like they're just it seems like they should say this game is in japanese good luck no or you know no, have not a, at all it's but you have to work it out right it's and on, on the screen with all the games where you select like a super nintendo game it's like they're all horizontal rectangles except for the one puyo puyo 2 which is like this vertical oblong other rectangle it's just an eyesore and it's goofy and I don't know. It's just a weird choice, but I love that they did it. The next thing is I just wanted to defend the honor publicly of Vice Project Doom, uh, which was one of the more recent, the most recent <laughs> NES game they added to the library that y'all made fun of. It's, pardon my French, it's badass. It's so good. It? It's an awesome maybe I game. I don't know what it is. I, I'll be honest. I didn't either. I thought it was like, you know, it looks like it's pretty generic, but it's really cool. It starts with like a driving section like this like overhead top down it basically plays like a a shooter like you're driving a car like down a huge highway and you're like shooting at other vehicles that like fly at you from the top of the screen and then after that level it shifts to a side-scrolling like platformer you play as like a dude and you like swing like this like laser sword at bad guys and it's super cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then there's like first person shooter like rail shooter section where you're like first person and like pointing at weird like bad guys to shoot like like a like an arcade game like an arcade shooter it's awesome it's so cool and the visuals are like really good for an NES okay. game so i don't know just just the just throwing it out there 
It's pretty. It's pretty dope, I'll check and it I didn't out. expect that, it at all. That honor but. might be like halfway defended there. I think you might have done well. I'll I'll give it a shot. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Give it a shot if uh, if any of that sounds appealing, folks. If you if you can stomach retro games like that, which is is a pretty good transition to the next yeah, section. Yeah, it is. Our drum roll, please. Nintendo of the week. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Yes. Connor, would you like to announce awesome. to the to the crowd what we what we brought for them this week? I would love to announce to the crowd what we brought for them this week. This week's Nintendo gym is Star Fox for the Super Nintendo, also known as Starwing in Europe, which is interesting. I actually didn't know that before today. It was uh, released pretty pretty much worldwide within like a few month time span in 1993. Uh, for the Super Nintendo, so it was like about halfway through the Super Nintendo's life. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to talk about with this game. It's a classic. It's a paragon of like Nintendo working with their own hardware and pushing it to its mm-hmm. limits. And it's also a really, really, really weird and frustrating game to play, kind of, for in a way. And the first of a Nintendo series that has been through a lot through the years. Right. Right, totally. I guess that's that's the that's the biggest thing, and also the one I missed the most. Uh, it spawned a successful and prolific Nintendo for Nintendo first party series, the Star Fox series of games, which people love, people cherish. There are several Star Fox characters and stages in Super Smash Bros. It has like a very prolific legacy uh, associated with it, and this is where it all started. As I said, it was like a midway, like a midlife Super Nintendo game. The Super Nintendo, so it had like these different chips in the console i guess you'd call them like co-processors uh-huh. or something but it's so there's the two the two big ones the two ones that are like really famous are mode 7 and the super fx chip mode 7 allowing like graphics and sprites to be like bent and warped and like moved around in ways that don't necessarily like bend to the resolution of a of the console and the super the super fx chip allowing like a pseudo 3d rendering on the super nintendo which is a a 16-bit console it's not made for 3d it's like 2d games through and through then this was a few years prior to the nintendo 64 which was a 3d console and i think the p the playstation 1 was even still a little bit away so the kind of 3d that star fox achieves on a console in this 1993 with a super fx chip is pretty yeah insane the the kind of fully polygonal 3d thing like games were doing it by now but they were more on like computers like home computers and pcs and stuff like doom and um uh wolfenstein but yeah this is the as far as like what the idea of the game it's a it's a flying shooter it's uh you pilot a an r-wing which is basically just a spaceship. It's from a third person's perspective and you just kind of from behind the back of your ship, you control your ship and you move forward and you shoot things that are flying at you from the back of the screen. Like, which is hard to describe, oddly enough, for like because it's like a 3D game. But there have there were games in that style before it. Totally. Right. I mean, if you've played like any sort of like or seen any sort of like flying sim or space combat games like it's the well, same I'm even kind thinking of, thing. of isn't it like contra or 3d 3d world runner almost you know there's i feel like there were games that moved you forward in a similar way um, but not quite in like the 3d 
smooth motion. R- yeah, those games definitely both used like perspective and like depth to create like a 3D effect, but I'd say not in the, the same way that Star Fox does. Just because it's, I don't know. No, I think I everything agree. is. I don't. It's so weird to describe because it's all polygonal. Like it's fully, it fully guns for a fully polygonal, mm-hmm. like three D polygons look, and not just like flat sprites on right. a on a screen like other sixteen bit games of the era, which is crazy. Like they, this is Nintendo working at like their their peak with like the hardware that Absolutely. they have, like the hardware that they design. It's basically three D illusion, isn't it? Yeah, all of the R-Wing's positions, all of its effects, everything that every, like, position it can assume, everything it can do, is a sprite. Like, you can Uh rip a sprite sheet for this game. Like, all of, they're basically Uh pre-rendered. It's, like, rendering pre-rendered 3D (laughs) on the fly on a Super Nintendo. It's, it's wacky. I don't know. It's, the, the main game design was led by famed Nintendo designer shigeru miyamoto the creator of mario and zelda and donkey kong the visionary to end all video game visionaries um he had like this fascination with space operas Hmm. and he wanted to create a story that like captured that same kind of feel but was also like family friendly and for kids and so he used he made all the characters animals hence star fox you play as kind of the titular fox fox mcleod is the pilot that you play as and you are piloting a spaceship, and you're part of the Star Fox team, and you pilot your ship through levels and shoot down enemy ships and robots. And what's really cool is that the other members of your team are also pilots, and they're also flying around the stage with you. And assisting you, and they need your help from time to time. Which is crazy. Like, on top of all the 3D, like, they'll they'll call little dialogue boxes pop up at the bottom of the, of the screen while you're playing, and they'll be like, oh, I need help shoot down this guy that's behind me and they'll fly across the screen and like there'll be an enemy behind them and you can shoot them down and they'll be like thanks fox they can also be defeated they can run out of health and be out of commission for the rest of the mission i don't there's a lot going on it's it's really crazy that they pulled this off the game is kind of broken up into three paths that you can take which then have between like three and five levels maybe each but your the goal is to reach the planet Venom, where mm. uh, the enemy base is located. I believe you're you're trying to make like a final attack on the planet Venom, right? And defeat the uh, evil leader Andros, the antagonist of the series. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, each path like it it gets you to the same place, but they're just basically different levels for you to play through. Correct. That's correct. I think they might vary intentionally on like difficulty. Like there's like right. an easier to access path and there's one that has like blatantly harder levels like if you want to challenge it's almost like a difficulty setting built in but it's definitely just overall to encourage like playing through it multiple times because just playing through like the set of five levels like a set of five levels doesn't take too much more than right, like an hour right if you're if you don't die i made it to the last level on like two of the different three paths and i have but right. i never if, made it to venom i kept on dying <laughs> if you're an ace pilot like Star Fox. It's such a cool concept. Like the fact that it's there's branching, let alone all the 3D graphics, all that aside. The level design is really great. Uh, I mean, w- one of the elephants in the room, I'd say, for this game and this conversation is the fact that the game re- received a sequel on the Nintendo 64, which is kind of like, it was kind of like a successor, not necessarily direct sequel, but 
the Nintendo 64 version of the game, Star Fox 64, is a lot more yeah. popular and well-known and is kind of like the best in the series. But I'd say that this one is directly comparable in, in like level design and like game quality, and it's kind of slept on. It's kind of it's almost like a hidden gem, almost. I would agree with that. I want to go back though to how you were talking about how he's inspired by space operas, just because a lot of the special effects that they seem to employ throughout oh, yeah. the game very, very much give me like Star Wars inspired vibes, like the light speed lines. You know what I mean? They're 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 rainbow oh, instead yeah. of just white, like on Star Wars, which yes. is super cool. It's so but cool. It utilizes like those sweet light speed lines mm. and then okay there's there's no air in space but there's like it's cool because there's whooshing sounds like when you go like through tight spaces stars. there's like a, it's like a star field yeah but i just mean like when you're like i mean like you like see like the stars like flying oh by yeah you. absolutely but I, i'm saying like when you go close to like columns or like you're flying through a tight space and you like barely dodge something there it goes like whoosh like there's whooshing sounds you know what i mean like i there's just so many small yeah. little features, and some of the larger enemies that like you're gonna fly up against, like you can sh- you can destroy them in different ways. If you destroy one leg, they're gonna fall that way. Whereas I don't know if this were like mm-hmm. on the NES, they would just blow up in an explosion, but they actually fall down kind of depending on where you hit them. Yeah, it's a very cared for game. I mean, yeah. It's so high concept, yet so like detail oriented mm-hmm. in its execution, which is, I mean, that's just that's right. just classic Nintendo, you know. Nintendo. We quality. talked about this when we covered the Legend of Zelda uh, for the NES, but I would love to get my hands on a copy of the instruction manual for this game because I'm sure it has so much context as to what's happening right. in the game. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't prepare myself before recording this and like you know find a pdf or something but i would love to, cool. to find a, a copy of the instruction booklet for some context something that is interesting about this game i'm holding the cartridge right now and on the cover art for the cartridge and i think on the box is it's got this weird so fox mcleod is like an anthropomorphic fox he's just like a little fox he stands on two legs and he's like dressed like a little like an ace pilot like it's not it's like a cartoon character. But on the cover, it's like this weird... What's that movie, The Dark Crystal? Yeah. That has like... like the Kind of like the Jim Henson like puppet factory thing. It's got like this like puppet model of, Star- of Fox on the front. And it's really kind of creepy and goofy looking. And I feel like the, st- the instruction manual would have like all the other characters, all the other animal characters Ew. on it. With, like, the weird, like, puppet things. Because that's also, like, kind of what inspired Miyamoto uh, with the designs of the characters is, like, that kind yeah, of yeah. puppetry, which is interesting. I don't know. It it's is just kind of goofy. goofy. It's like Chuck E. Cheese almost. Yeah, exactly. It's like right, it, it looks yeah. like an animatronic. I don't know, man. It's a, it's a great game that is now available on the Nintendo Online SNES collection. So if, if you haven't downloaded that yet, it's under... Mm-hmm. On the eShop, there's a special tab you have to go to on the left. It's like online or special offers or something like that. But the collection is available for download now, and Star Fox is waiting to be played. Mm-hmm. It is. I'd, I'd say the maybe the last addendum to make is the other elephant in the room is that it's it's a it's a it's the Super Nintendo running 3D. It runs at like maybe 10 frames per second. Yeah. It's 
it kind of chugs. There's a sprite it's, for each it's of a those little... 3D models. Exactly, and it's rendering those <laughs> in real time. It's pushing, it's pushing the little baby, the little Super Nintendo to its limits. Which is, I mean, if you can get past like the the visuals, which which are super stylistic, but they do look dated. Mm-hmm. It can be a little hard to adjust like your eyes to playing it. But as far as like game design and level design goes, it's it's very high quality. If you can get past like the aesthetic hangups, it's super worth playing. And and actually, I would like to add one more little addendum in that it is one of like the few mm-hmm. good Star Fox games at this point in history. So <gasps> play it. How dare you? Do you really? Is it a quality series overall? Uh, it's it's made brilliant contributions to, to the Super Smash Bros. series um, we, by way of oh, yeah, area totally. and soundtracks um, and etc. But characters. Yeah, the series has had a has had kind of a bumpy road since it started. But yeah, that's a good point. Um, also, another yet another epilogue addendum. Uh, it it has an unreleased direct sequel called Star Fox Two on the Super Nintendo that went unreleased at the time. I don't do you do you remember this new story from like a few years ago? So the Super Nintendo Classic that Nintendo released, um, the like standalone Super yeah. Nintendo like little mini, the Super Nintendo Mini, I guess, classic. I forget what it's called. Like the standalone like plastic console mm-hmm. thing that has like games loaded on it. It has Star Fox Two on it. Wow. Star Fox Two was like an unreleased game for that's two, cool. for decades. Yeah, I mean, like the ROM was being passed around online. Like people would like translate it and like you could play it on like an emulator on your computer but like nintendo officially released star fox 2 which is pretty much i mean it's a sequel it's a better more well executed beefed up version of the original it's still for the super nintendo it's still like the whole pseudo 3d thing but yeah they released it on the super nintendo mini the super nintendo classic so now there's like an official way to play it if you so desire yeah i did not know that well and i'm like almost proud of nintendo for being open with a you know secret yeah it's it's kind of like one of those (laughs) mother three right that they just lock away in a bunker somewhere and never let the public see again uh put in the disney vault next to walt's head um well dang (laughs) now we got to get a super super nes classic edition dang yeah we'll bring back star fox 2 for a gym maybe someday all right. I think that kind of covers our Nintendium of the week. That is Star Fox added to the Nintendium Hall of Fame. Woohoo! Yes. Put it on the shelf. That's right. Put it in the block it in the Disney vault <laughs> and we'll look at it from afar. Yes, sir. And Connor, I would like to thank you for filling in this week. You've done a great job and uh Yes. Really appreciate you, of you hanging out. Do you have anything to to say to the crowd? I appreciate you having me on. As always, it's always super fun. Thanks for listening, everybody. I love you so much. Get good rest, drink water, eat three square meals, and brush your teeth twice a day. You heard it here first, folks. Do those things, and you you will live <laughs> to be wise, old, and happy. Um, check us out on Facebook. We, we post what we're playing. We keep up to date there pretty well. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify if you haven't. Please contact us. Let us know what's going on with you. We would love to get to know you more. But all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Nintendo Gems. My name is Brayden, and that's Connor over there. We will see you next time.